0: Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the DailyDownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it DailyDownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, DailyDownForce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out DailyDownForce.com. That's DailyDownForce.com. And I'll see you in
2: for a little behind the scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand: Pipe Wrench and Channel Lock pliers. And they weren't new. They yeah. had been they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't the so, first still they build I bet. No, no, you know, you, I think they were they had the, the pliers had been red before but paint had yeah. worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly aka dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenueers he wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match but he thought he was doing pretty good and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappear but then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh and comes back towards him and it, it, as he said it was a game of chicken and i was the chicken and so he ran off the boat <laughs> and actually he was the guy who who caught junior johnson at his daddy still when junior got tangled up in a in a bar fence. <laughs> so check out the moonshine and motorsports racing podcast available on youtube dailydownforce.com and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the scene Ball podcast.
3: Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again, introducing the all-new better than ever
0: Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen- infused cushioning for lightweight supreme softness that feels good every step, every street. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Power Hour presented by Circle B Diecast, the Halloween special Um, for our audio listeners who aren't watching the YouTube broadcast. Brennan has himself a decked out, ever so spooky backdrop. Brennan Poole, it's great to see you. My name is Eric Eastep. I'm your Mm -hmm. host this week. But Brennan, uh, tell me a little bit about how spooky you're feeling this week
3: man it's halloween it's right around the corner it's like mm-hmm. it's one of the most fun times of the year yeah my house is getting fully decked out we get a lot of trick-or-treaters here uh so i'm gonna have to sit on the porch and hand candy out to uh all the neighborhood kids and you're right. uh, watch their their parents go up and down the street with like nine million 10 year olds you you're, know what i mean you're a
0: porch sitter you're you sit out there in like a yeah. lawn chair and
3: dude my neighborhood is crazy so i have <laughs> like we have to or we would just have to be at the door and wait for the next group and then open the really? door and give them candy it's crazy my neighborhood is off the chain but it makes it so much fun because everyone decorates like my neighborhood like it has a bunch of trees and like every tree has a ghost on it so like you're driving in it's just like ghosts like that's cool it's really really fun so yeah and and of course i've got the alien i've got the mummy who obviously went to victory lane you can't see those <laughs> listening not or not watching on youtube but he's got the hoosier banner around his neck um i got some spiders in here i got a dragon skull it's lighting up so yeah it's popping off it's i'm i'm excited it's gonna be uh uh it's a fun time of year
0: yeah, and uh for those listening the day this comes out, tonight, October twenty-fourth, is Groovy Hollow Three. It's the annual uh charity iRacing event that uh I and my friends at AE Engine and Podium <laughs> Esports have been putting on. Brennan, uh you're racing tonight uh in the uh power hour paint scheme. So uh good
3: luck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I gotta make uh I gotta make the everyone on the Power Hour team, all the listeners proud. Uh hopefully uh we can uh not be in the back of the pack. We'll be up front and then there'll be no problems. Avoid
0: elimination. Yes, that's tonight <laughs> for those of you listening uh early. This is tonight at 7 30 p.m. Eastern time. Broadcast goes live on my YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash Eric Estep. Um, Brennan, before we get into some racing topics, and then we have a special guest, Eric Jones, joining us a bit later. Uh, we have to thank our sponsor, Circle B Diecast. As always, if you've been listening to this show, you know that if you use code OOTG at CircleBDieCast.com, you can get free shipping on any orders over $30. It's a great deal. The holidays are around the corner. If uh, someone in your life you know is a die cast collector, or maybe you just want to, you know, a little to and from yourself on a Christmas present, uh, head to CircleBDieCast.com. Brennan, we always like to show off die casts. I must admit, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of living on the road right now, so I was only able to pack a handful of die-cast cars with me. I think I've shown every single one of them off on this show. So this might be a repeat, but it's fitting considering our special guest. I wanted to show off this Eric Jones uh, 2022 Southern 500 race win. Uh, Love all the confetti on this thing. It's Mm -hmm. still on the little platform here. It's so cool. But it looks super clean, super official. Uh, Excited to talk to Eric a little later in the show. Brennan, do you have have one that's maybe a little more Halloween-themed to get us back on track?
3: yeah yeah so like keeping in with the theme um this is one of my favorite schemes um this is uh david gillen's oh uh m&m's halloween car it even says happy halloween on the deck lid um man this is just such a good looking car man the m&m's oh man so cool so yeah, throwing it throwing it back to old David Gillen. but uh, I think this is one of my top favorite uh, Halloween schemes that uh, there's ever been. Eminem's always had really good ones, but this is my favorite.
0: Yeah, that one's like they had some with Kyle Bush that were like sort mm. of like g- orange and yellow. Then they had that like yeah. zombie one a few years ago that was just gray. <laughs> like that was honestly that was that one was terrible.
3: This was simple. Uh, it's got a pumpkin yeah. on it, orange Eminem, some black, some spooky, Happy Halloween. It's perfect.
0: It is perfect. It is perfect. Thank you again to Circle B Diecast for sponsoring. Power hour. Brennan, let's get powerful here. Let's talk a little NASCAR. <laughs> uh, specifically free agency. I know uh you're kind of still in the thick of things, but there are a lot of drivers and especially the Xfinity and Truck series signing deals for next season. There's rumors flying left and right. Lately, uh, there's a report out there that Chandler Smith has uh well, we now know he has left College Racing, but there's a report out there that He's joining Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series a year after he left Toyota. So that's a bit interesting. Um, There's also a report out there that Sheldon Creed is uh, leaving Richard Childress Racing and may go somewhere else uh, to another Super uh, Xfinity Series team. Uh, Brennan, I guess first, I know you're in the middle of this. You race against these guys every Mm -hmm. week. Uh, But the, the Chandler Smith leaving Toyota for a year only to come back to Toyota, supposedly, according to reports. Uh, what do you make of that? Like, how does that make sense? I guess.
3: Yeah, I think um, there just really wasn't a great place for him to go, or I think he felt like he could win races when the Gibbs seats really weren't open. So um, I think he he chose to go take a chance, go to college, see what would come of it. I mean, he's done a good job there, you know, obviously a race winner. So, um, I think he I think if he ends up back in a Gibbs car, which we don't really know yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be a good um, I mean, that was a good play. I mean, he stayed in a good car. He stayed competitive. He ran up front. He battled for a championship this year. He won races. Um, You know, what more do you want? Um, I think that that proves his ability. I think go, if he ends up in a Gibbs car, I think Gibbs puts a better race car on the track than colleague does. I think that's just kind of been proven that this year, a colleague's definitely struggled yeah. and, and he's really ran great over there. So I think, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think Sheldon, when I, when I try to break down the seats that are open for him, you know, leaving RCR, I, I and I'm trying to look at all where, where could he go? It has to be um, somewhere
0: better or at least as yeah, good as RCR. Yeah. And
3: It doesn't make sense for him to jump to one of the colleague seats because, like, that's the same, basically. So I don't um, I really only see that Gibbs seat being that being a place where he could end up, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with those Gibbs seats. Um, but definitely, I mean, if, if, if either one of those guys ends up over there, I think, the you know, I think for sure, I think Sheldon Creed would get a win if he goes over there for sure. I, I think the Gibbs cars are that strong. <laughs> yeah. He's got to win, but I, I think he would, if he was in that situation. And, and, um, I think Chandler Smith would be even more of a threat every single week in that car. just like how John Hunter is. I mean, they the Gibbs cars are so fast. I mean, just to the great organization and their Xfinity program has always been top notch. You can't go wrong on going there. So for either one of them. So, but only time will tell and we'll see, yeah. we'll see, see what happens and see who ends up in those seats.
0: Yeah. And, and we're recording this, I guess, on Monday, the day before this comes out. So there's a chance that honestly, boy, as fast as news is moving these days, by the time you're listening mm-hmm. or watching this, Perhaps one or both I know. of these drivers have confirmed their 2024 <laughs> plans. Uh, yeah. I mean, for Toyota, though, I guess when I first heard the rumors and then the report I saw from SportsNot that says uh, he's going back to Toyota to rejoin Gibbs, I was a little surprised, not for Chandler, because if a JGR seat is open, anyone would jump at it. But from JGR and Toyota's perspective, like, you know, obviously, they'd invested a lot in this kid for years. He drove late models, drove trucks for them, but, you know, he he kind of left like he didn't really want to seemingly want to play ball you know and take the offer y'all were giving him a year ago and now he just wants to come back and be you know in your top Xfinity series car I wondered if there would be any apprehension from Gibbs only because they're not desperate for young talent right now like you look at their cup series lineup with John Hunter going to cup Ty Gibbs is already in cup Christopher Bell's winning in cup their cup series roster with Bubba Reddick. A lot of these guys are under the age of 30. They're young. Hamlin is an old guy, but he just signed an extension. So outside of Martin Tricks Jr., who I guess could retire any year now, they really aren't desperate for anyone to immediately replace him. And, and Gibbs could always go out and sign another existing free agent. They don't always have to pick from their Xfinity or truck teams. I just look, they got young Corey Heim, who looks great in trucks. They got Jesse Love, who just, you know, dominated in ARCA the last year for whatever that's worth, you know. They've got these young drivers that in two or three years, may Cup Series ready. yeah, they don't need to go out and and you know, maybe overpay for a Chandler Smith unless maybe they were able to get a good deal for him. But it, it is interesting. I, I think, like you said, Chandler and JGR, if in fact, they team up next year, they're gonna win races. They'll be championship contenders. It will be good for both parties. um just from Toyota's perspective, I think the deal has to make sense. They're not desperate. I, I would look at like Ford's <clears> development <throat> system right now. You know, they, you know, they got Cole Custer, Riley Herbst just won a race, maybe looking a little bit better, but outside of that, Zane Smith just left for track house. So, I mean, what does Ford have? They, it feels like they're a bit more desperate in my opinion.
3: I think it, what it ultimately comes down to when we talk about it a lot is just the sponsorship dollars and what that looks like. Um, you know, they, they Gibbs need, they, their Xfinity cars still need sponsorship money to run and to run it the way that they run it it's it's incredibly expensive it's like it's crazy how yeah. much money they they ask for so um i think um that was probably a part of it and who knows you don't know what chandler's situation was a year ago um to what colleague was willing to take versus a Toyota or a Gibbs car or somewhere else, you know, you you don't know what that looked like. And maybe colleague was also willing to put money in in on the deal to get a talented driver to help continue to build their program. Obviously didn't work, but cause a Gibbs seat opened up and he's trying to go right back, which, um, you know, maybe that money situation has changed. I think, sheldon it seems like they've been they've talked about it a lot he's his money situation seems pretty strong um yeah. so um not surprised um and they he you know him his family everybody they raced uh you know they want to be in the best possible stuff they can that's kind of how he's been his whole career he's been in the best equipment the whole time so i think um that makes total sense yeah i think for ford and some of those other manufacturers they just don't have drivers in place right now that have the type of funding behind them that it takes to really develop them so you got a guy like Cole Custer, who's sitting there, and Riley Herbst, those guys have the money behind them, um, and they're running very well. So if there's ever a seat that opens up, those guys could plug plug in and out of there. I think uh, Riley probably still needs um, to show a little bit more consistency on the Xfinity side. Had a really difficult year. Obviously, the, the Stuart Haas Xfinity cars have found something in the last two weeks. It's very evident, even like we know about it in the Xfinity garage, they found something. And it's working. Um, and they're, you know, six and a half tenths quicker than the field at the end of the race. I mean, it's just Riley <laughs> Herbs almost won again um, at, at Homestead. So uh, I they got something going on. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it uh, at the end of the day still comes down to the funding. Uh, but yeah. I, what is interesting, Corey Heim, great driver. In the Toyota pipeline, you got J.H. going to the 42 True I see him only running another year. That's just me personally. <laughs> maybe uh, J.H. moves from that Toyota into the main house at Gibbs after getting another, getting another full year of experience in the new cup car and everything, if he has a good year. I could see that. Um, and then maybe they plug a guy. Corey Himes battling for wins every week. He wins a champ, truck championship, whatever. Ho- Hosts of ours just now left and gone to Spire with basically no Xfinity races. Very easily, Corey could just go straight into yeah. um, to the 42 car if Toyota wants him to do that. Right? I mean, yeah. and and Corey seems like he has money behind him too. So you never know. There's a lot of you're lot touching of on.
0: You, I don't mean to cut you off. You're touching on like three topics or several topics that I'm like, <laughs> I kind of want to dive into each one a little deeper. Like, um, like the, like the the trucks to Cup skipping Xfinity. Like Zane Carson are both about to do that maybe Haim could be like that seems to be coming more common. I feel like we could talk about that, but I actually want to back yeah. up because uh, since our last episode, uh, Riley Herbst, I didn't have this in our notes, but Riley Herbst announced he's coming back to Stuart Haas next year, mm-hmm. immediately goes out and wins at Vegas by 15 seconds. So were you surprised at all that Riley and his group decided to stay with Stuart Haas after missing the playoffs yeah. this year?
3: Yeah. hundred uh, percent shocked, honestly, absolutely shocked. I mean, some of them is this, some of the things that happened and, and, it's racing mistakes happen. It's part of it, but there were some mistakes that happened a part of, you know, at that type of organization with that, those things just don't happen. Um, So uh, I was a little shocked. I would have thought he would have probably been trying to get back in a Gibbs car with those seats open. Um, I had heard that there might be some rumors there that he was, but I, that obviously didn't seem to be the case. And maybe they came out and announced it as early as they did to squash some of those rumors, um, but yeah, and then they, he, they went out and won a race. So I'm sure him and his family are happy with where they're at. Um, um, and yeah, my old engineer, Davin Restivo is a crew chief on the 98. So I was happy for him, but I, at the end of the day till I was still kind of floored that, um, they won the race to be honest. But like <laughs> I said, I know they found something, um, and it's very evident, both the cars the I don't think the double zero, um, you know, probably had what they found on the double zero in Vegas definitely added on the car at, uh, at Homestead. Cause he was also probably going to win that race. Had he not run into the fence. Um, so, I mean, and then the 98 ran second. So there's like two weeks, I mean, he almost, yeah, won, almost went back to back after like never being in the mix pretty much the whole year. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Come on. Um, yeah. but, uh, I think, um, yeah, I think it's probably a good move to say, um, on riley's part we talk about it too. like where you got to have a path forward and you just mentioned it there's not a lot of ford development guys riley's one of those guys getting some cup starts yeah. um, he's on the right path uh he just has to keep performing and and um hopefully he can win some more races over there and then yeah he might have a, a a better opportunity to get in one of the cup cars the 10 car in cup is always discussed i don't even think they know what they're doing yet at this point already I personally think Eric's just going to be back in it um, <laughs> again for another year but you see all the crazy stuff people were saying like all kinds of crazy stuff and I'm just like mm. I don't know. It will be funny when they just say that Eric's back in it. You know.
0: Before we get off silly season, have you done any schmoozing of the Smithfield in the past uh, few weeks since we last talked? You know, if anyone, if anything's possible for yeah. that ten car, you know.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, no. I I don't. I I haven't. Like, um, you know, I've had some people uh, approach me about some other cars, um, in in the highest series, um, but. I think um, still at the end of the day, it comes down to some sponsorship. You don't have to have all of it. Like if the team believes in you and you got something to bring to the table, a lot of times you, I think in in cup, you can get, you know, you can get the seats if the team really wants you to be there. Um, It's not all entirely about the money, but um, you know, so you never know. I think for me, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing next year already. So excited about that. And um, hopefully I can continue to just, you know, fight my way back into, uh, um, you know, I'd like to get into one of those top team cars again and um, go race for race wins on a regular basis and fight for a championship, you know, so we'll see everyone's paths different and doors open and change constantly. So you never know. But what I will touch on, because we were talking about the trucks and going straight to cup, I've driven all three cars now. The mm. trucks are way closer to the cup car than the Xfinity car is the Xfinity car doesn't drive. Like it's not even close. Like it almost messes me up going from the cup car to the Xfinity car or the Xfinity car back to the cup car. They're that drastically different. It's not even like interesting. It's not even on the same, same level. So you drive the cars wildly different, um, you know, and the truck is closer. Um, so I think maybe that's what, that's some of it, but what I will say, which some of these guys will learn like a Zane Smith and even Carson, you know, he has run some Xfinity races, um, the length of the races, the Xfinity races are a lot closer to the length of a cup race on a regular, like more often than not, they're, they're a lot, they're 300 miles or you have cup races that are 4 they're a lot closer. Um, those length that of the races, like how long the race is just drastically changes, uh, how you run the race compared to the trucks. So while the car is more similar and we're seeing guys jump out of the truck and have a lot of speed, the race is like twice as long. And there's a, a, I feel like there's some, you know, and I've seen some mistakes from some of those guys. um, I think from just not having run races that long before. So there will be an adjustment in there. Well, they, they they will have to um, learn how to handle that much more of a distance in the race.
0: Yeah. You forget. I think it's easy watching at home on TV. It's fans don't realize or forget how physical NASCAR racing is. Like I I was standing next to Dale Earnhardt Jr. After the Xfinity race this weekend, obviously he doesn't race every week. And I think, wasn't he just sick for like a week or so? So he's not in the, maybe the best, his peak physical form, but he was exhausted and even admitted that if he was a little more fit, he might've gotten a few more positions there at the end of that race. So, um, no, that's a great point. You, you bring up cars and trucks are similar, but the race distances, that's something these young guys will have to learn. Um, But again, like I said, you touched on a few different things. I want to move on to the Martin Truex Jr. thing. You mentioned Truex and I want to kind (laughs) of anchor that and turn it into a bigger conversation about the playoffs because um, between now and our, probably our next episode, the playoffs will probably be over. The championship will more than likely be decided as of now, Homestead, Miami just wrapped up. Uh, We've got two cup drivers locked into the championship four, and we've got a few heavy hitters, uh, facing potential elimination going into Martinsville. Let's start with Truex real quick because he was the regular season champion. You brought him up. He blew an engine this weekend, it appears, uh, towards the end. I guess we don't know exactly what failed. Did not finish the race. He's 17 points out. You kind of joked about it, Brendan, but do you honestly think maybe Martin is sort of regretting signing that extension? Because it seems like the moment he announced he was coming back, it's just been a disaster. These playoffs have been, <laughs> he has, he has one top 10 finish and that one should have been a top five. They blew a chance at points there. But other than that, it's been a train wreck. These playoffs.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't, that's a, I, I don't know if I, if regretting it is the right word to say, but then again, he says things like what he says on the radio this past weekend that many of us have heard. And it was tweeted that he was just like over it. Um, And in the heat of the battle, you do say things all sometimes that you don't yeah. necessarily mean, but I mean, I, I i don't know i i think um i do think he's getting down to the end of it um i, I would be surprised if um next year wasn't his last year but you never know i mean there's been guys sure. that have you know you see it and you think this is it and they carry on for another couple but but uh i i, I think next year will probably be martin's last last go round um you know so so we'll see and yeah he's got a hell of a fight um coming up here at martinsville he runs he's He's run pretty good there, though. The it's a last, good track so, for him. He's know, a good so short track. Good racer. track for him. So I, I I'm not, uh, I'm not too worried about it. I think what's interesting to me from this past weekend is, you know, the other Gibbs car, the Christopher Bell winning. I watched, and I was just like, he's not any really in the mix. No, um, and for then like the first two thirds
0: know. or three fourths of this race, he was <laughs> nowhere to be best. found. Yeah, and then all of a sudden,
3: wins yeah. the race. I'm just like, hmm. I, I just. He made that, uh, that three was a, wide
0: move on that restart. And I audibly said to whoever was next to me, I was, I said, w- when did he get into, like, how did he get here? Where, where did he, like, it was the classic Kevin Harvard. Where did he come from? <laughs> but like, yeah. I, I genuinely meant it. Where did he come from? How does he yeah. keep doing this? This is three times in the past year that he has won a playoff race when he had to. Like, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, that's
3: difficult. impressive. Yeah. He, he, you know, um, yeah that impressed me for sure. um I, I I probably at times haven't always been the biggest Christopher Bell fan, but um that was I think this weekend was very impressive. um and uh, who knows, maybe he can do it in Phoenix.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't is, I don't he, know, man. yeah, that's the thing. I guess you know he's he's been clutch everywhere. He didn't win last year's championship at Phoenix, so now he gets a second chance at it. you know, maybe bat five hundred. Mm-hmm. that'd still be pretty great. Um, when there's only
3: four guys that are racing for it and it comes down to one race, like literally it could be any of those four. Like it just, I yeah. mean, you got a 25% chance of winning it. I mean, it can, it can, exactly. go, either, it can go anyone's way. Exactly. Um, you see wrecks happen. You see cars break. You see people just go to another level when those it comes Phoenix to it and restarts
0: are nuts. I mean, we saw last year just after a restart, I think it was Chastain and Elliot got together a couple of championship four mm-hmm. guys. So Things can happen quick. Um, I want to ask as well about Kyle Larson, who's uh, another driver locked into the championship for this, the narrative around Larson this year in particular, but really his whole career is he's checkers or wreckers like really fast. Very few drivers have the same raw speed and ability that Kyle Larson seems to have, but he also has a knack for, or is prone to overdriving making mistakes. Sometimes it doesn't cost him like, a week ago at Las Vegas, remember, he almost wiped out, tagged the outside wall, saved it, and went on to win the race. But was this close to crashing out? This weekend at Homestead, was it entirely on him? Maybe, maybe not. Coming onto Pitt Road, maybe overshot it a bit. Maybe Blaney entered a little slow. Either way, Kyle Larson into the sand barrels, finishes last. Doesn't really affect him since he's already locked into the championship four. But it's just, it's something to keep your eye on, not only going into the championship race at Phoenix, but even just going forward into Larson's career. Cause he's, I mean, is he 30 years old yet? Like he's been around a so. while. He's, he's been in the cup series eight or nine years. Hasn't always been in the top, top equipment, but as many of impressive wins as he has these past few years, he's got almost as many sort of just head scratching, you know, crashes or <laughs> mistakes. I mean, he's, I think he's yeah. either first or second this year in the cup series and DNFs and not all of them are his fault. Like Darlington earlier this year, Chastain ran him into the wall, and they both wrecked, racing for the win. Like it's not always his fault, but you know he is in the middle of a lot of these incidents, despite being so fast. I don't know what. Do you have a take on Larson? Well, I have a take on
3: this day? weekend for sure. I mean, okay. I, I I think it was just dumb. Um, <laughs> you know, I I mean, he's run, you know, he's running the twelve down. He's all over him. You are come to do a green flag stop you've caught him drastically in these last few laps and you're on him. Like you're coming, you're basically coming to pit road together. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think you need to do what he was trying to do in that exact moment. I think that's a mistake. Obviously was took him out of the race. Um, You know, and I I just, sometimes he does some things that to me are just like, just not necessary. Yeah. Probably the fastest driver on the track in raw speed Um, doesn't matter. He's probably, he's so quick. Um, but you're right he just he he, there are times where some of the aggression is just way way too much I mean he's lucky he won that race in Vegas and didn't lose it in wreck because he he have to be going to Martinsville to win which is probably one of his worst tracks um, if probably the only track he's not good at so um, you know I just uh, some of those things are just they're, they're just not necessary I mean you know you gotta you gotta be able to think and and make uh, the right decisions. And, and uh, in that moment, from the outside looking in, that was a big mistake. I think everybody anywhere watching it would agree that that was a huge mistake and not necessary to, to push it that close. I know, Eric, you and I were talking earlier and you're talking about, well, the 12 did catch him and was like better than him on the longer run. So maybe he was trying to push it as close as he could to maybe get in front of him in the pit stop. But maybe. at the end of the day, he ran into the tire barrier. He took himself yeah, out of the yeah. race. He lost a chance at winning a race. Um and he and he tore up a car so um you know and he almost took the twelve out also so you know I mean I just don't uh, I think that there you know hopefully he continues to learn and grow from those things you know we see him do some uh, incredible amazing things that are just like unbelievable and then then you see that and you're driving into the pit pit wall barrier <laughs> I don't you know I don't know yeah I I, I I don't know his way but kudos to him for never changing you know that saying what do they say he never changed like that. <laughs> he's doing yeah, the same thing. He just gets some the car, it. drives the crap out of it. And it, he's just, he's just full tilt the whole time. But I think, you know, there's a balance to that. You have to learn when to hone it in, pull it back. Yeah.
0: Because we've seen both extreme
3: results
0: of the way he drives just in the past couple of years. So in 2021, in 2021, he had a great car, obviously, but he was aggressive. Won 10 races in the championship. So it worked for him that year. But then last year, 2022, if you remember, in the round of 12, he made a mistake at the Roval, hit the outside wall, bent the toe link, and got eliminated. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've seen the best and the worst from Larson being aggressive. He's, I will say this. Larson is probably the most entertaining driver to watch in Cup right now. I think there's a reason a lot of fans have gravitated towards him. He's obviously really talented. And I think he also kind of lets things go. Pretty quickly, I, like I think that's something that fans kind of appreciate. Even this week, uh, when you know he he was at first sort of saying, you know, Blaney maybe was a little slow, but he didn't dwell on that. He he then admitted, you know, I'll go look at the data. It looks bad. You know, maybe I was pushing too hard, what have you. Like he even let that yeah. go pretty fast. And I think I think Larson races aggressive, but more than often, or more often than not, he races fair and is kind of willing to let things go. I think about the battle between him and Kyle Busch at Chicago in 2018 when, you know, Larson failed a slide job. Bush paid him back. Afterwards, there were absolutely no hard feelings. Larson finished second, did not care. Like, he was, like, totally, like, that's racing. And I think a lot of fans do resonate with that. So he's he's the most entertaining, even though the results could absolutely be better, considering
3: his talent, I think. Well, I think through all the stuff that he's been through over the year, he's been able to really show his real character when especially in his interviews like he's so honest and uh, I appreciate that from him too like you said even just like hey I have to look at the data but maybe I guess got in there way too hot and ran into the fence I made a mistake like I think that um, I I like that right I'm just saying on my side of things it's just like hey man maybe just turn it down like one percent I'm not talking five percent or ten percent or whatever I'm like just like you're in second place you're all over him Don't take yourself out of it entirely on just like, for, for what that didn't, uh, I think he probably would have been able to win the race. He he would have absolutely Um, been one day,
0: had a great (laughs) shot Well, on that. I do just kind of want to ask you and everyone's every person, every driver is different, but you know, you ask, if we ask Larson to dial it back 1%, how easy is that to do? And what I, where I'm getting at with this is like Ross Chastain Everyone was begging up for him to dial it back one percent. And Ever since he supposedly did that, he's been a non-factor. And yeah, well, I think the cars aren't I, I, as good. I don't. I don't yeah, think that's I, the reason. I don't reason, think. But... I don't think
3: Ross Chastain has dialed it back one percent at all. I think he's the same. I think. Okay. And what I mean by dial it back one percent, I mean just like in those crucial moments, you've got to know that sending it up two hundred and twenty percent into the pit road at Homestead on old tires where you, it's slick, it's like one of the most difficult pit roads to get to. <laughs> Maybe just do a 219, 219%. <laughs> I guess it's that's gonna fair. be fine. That's fair. I mean, that's that's what I mean. I don't mean like all out one take one percent away from them everywhere. Absolutely not. Full send on restarts, full send on everything. I just mean in a crucial pivotal moment of the race where it means everything, you know, you just gotta be you just gotta be perfect, especially in cup. You've gotta you can't have that type of type of mistake. And and Again. um I'm sure like He's going to look at the data he's going to talk about. it, He's going to go over there. His team had a little meeting. I don't know if you saw the picture. <laughs> I did. All outside yeah. the hall. Like, they're going to be fine. But, uh, he, you know, he's, you know, you just got to learn those things. And, and I'm sure they're going to be talking about it and breaking it down and discussing it. And it, it probably won't ever happen again um, because he is that good. It probably won't ever happen again. But you have to know, like. You know, that when when's the time to go? When's the not time to go? When's the time to send it 228% into the tire barriers? And when is it not? But yeah. I think it's you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, I I agree. I think he is that good, but I disagree. I do think it will happen again. He might he okay. might he might not go into the tire, <laughs> barriers, tire again, barriers. But but he, he'll do something. There will be a, the next year, there will be something Larson does where we go, ooh. Didn't maybe need to be pushing that hard, but he's also gonna <laughs> yeah. do three things that make me go, "Wow, holy crap, he's that good!" Exactly.
3: Well, you can't fault him for sending it either. So I don't want people no, listening yeah. to think that I'm saying that. It's just like, uh, you know, you have to be perfect. He over he oversent it and wrecked. It is what it is. I'm, mean, yeah. but uh, I'm I'm sure he'll they'll he'll fix that. It may not happen at Homestead again, but maybe it'll. Like you said, there'll be more excitement there'll be somewhere else. <laughs> there'll be something for
0: sure. But that's why he is again the most entertaining driver in Cup these days. Uh, yeah, I believe. Um but yeah, championship four will be set this weekend at Martinsville. I guess next time we do this show, Brennan, we'll know our Truck Xfinity and Cup champions. I would ask you for like your picks, but like I- I'm I still have research to do. I don't want to like uh you know marry myself to till- one pick uh too early without having done the proper before i even know who's gonna be in the championship for so i i'm I think we're not going to make picks unless you, unless you're like really passionate about it. Are you, like, like, like William Byron ride or die or something like, what how are we feeling?
3: I'm not, I mean, <laughs> I think, I think statistically, I think you should pick William Byron um, just because of mm-hmm. the year that he's had. I think it's probably been by far his best year, not necessarily meaning that that's just going to all come together. Anything can happen when you only have four guys in one race to, to determine it all. But um, you know, he has plus 30 over the cut line. So like he would have to literally finish last, I guess, or outside of the top 30. Yeah. He'll probably and then, make like it. another winner. I, I think he's yeah. going to make it if not win Martinsville probably, um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, Ryan Blaney Bell- and Truex, X, I mean, uh, and Reddick, they're all, it's all possible. Denny's very good. I mean, you just never know, man, someone could get in there that we're not even considering, um, but yeah, if I had to just pick right now, I'd say William Byron, um, and
0: he won at Phoenix in the spring. So that's not a bad pick.
3: Yeah. And, 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 and Xfinity, like, uh, if JH makes it and he can just like, not, he seems to make mistakes at Phoenix, but the Gibbs cars are so dominant at Phoenix yeah, that like you would, you would be crazy to not pick him um so what about, i would have to say john hunter what about I, I just
0: want to mention him real quick what about sam Mayer? he was on our show a few episodes ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you i don't think he's the favorite at phoenix um but he's won like since he was on our show he's won like four races i think or th- three of the four yeah. or something like that like i mean i you've raced against him we've obviously talked to him like what have you seen in sam Mayer this year like because i
3: it's, think sam
0: and i would even say riley herbst coming into this year there are a lot of questions like do these guys really have it like they haven't shown us much yeah. Like,
3: well, Sam know. Mayer's got it. Um, I think what what it is 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 you you getting that first one is always so difficult in uh-huh. any series. Anytime you move up, he got one, and then it was just like they just felt the confidence like that. that okay, I can win here. Then he won another one, and it was like oh boy, now he's won an o- like now he's won Feeding an over. Yeah, oh, he,
0: yeah, it's just limit. like.
3: Yeah, he, he's he's um yeah. I mean, he's going to be difficult to beat. I I mean, I, do yeah. I think he's a favorite of Phoenix? No, I think the Joe yeah. Gibbs car will be by far the fast car when we go to Phoenix Probably every true. time they go there. Whether it was Kyle Busch, Ty Gibbs, um, Harrison Burton won a race there. It doesn't matter who's in, they have. They Phoenix is like a really good track for them. So yeah. I'm going to say if Nemechek makes no mistakes. He's probably going to dominate that race. Um, it's a fair but pick. What, uh, about,
0: what about trucks? Carson Hosevar winning his way into the championship four. I guess that's yeah. the one series we actually know who the four will be. That one's set for sure. Yeah, that
3: one is set, and um, you know, it's kind of it could be any one of those. Uh, it could be any one of those guys. I tell you who I want to to win. Uh, is Grant Enfinger GMS their their truck program is over after this year? He's made it to the to the final four. He's been in the final four so many times. Yeah, um, he's so deserving of a championship, yet has not got one yet. It's shocking um, he doesn't so have a
0: championship. I it really, it, is. it's it, shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so about, I've, like, I've, you look at these vets like Crafton with like three, and you're like, where did like I forget? Crafton has three championships in trucks, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then I look at Enfinger and he doesn't have any, and it's a little surprising. You're right.
3: Yeah, and I feel like Grant's had a, a a harder go at it, right? Like he he was working at GMs as an engineer. Like he got some chances. He won some races. Oh, he gets some a little bit of sponsorship money. He runs at ThorSport. He does very well. He wins some races. He gets to the final four a couple of times. Like right, his journey. Then he had to run part time one year, and now yeah. he's back. Then he went back to like it's his an underrated story wild.
0: for sure. Yeah,
3: it's a it's a crazy story, and the amount of work that that guy's put in. You know, he, you know, in my opinion, he's another guy that's fought and de- clawed and has earned his way to be there. And so I would really like for him him to do it. I think, um, I don't know, I just don't see, um, I don't see Corey Heimer, Ben Rhodes getting it done this time. Ben Rhodes has got it done there before, so I'm not saying it's not possible, but I really feel like the Thor Sport trucks haven't been really good all year. The fact that Ben even made it to the final four, I think they should, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to Carson and and finger to me personally between, between one of those guys,
0: that will be a really uh, interesting battle, a generational battle there. I mean. We, we had Carson on the show as well. It was a good weekend for guys who've been on Power Hour in the past. Yeah. This over uh, they come on James our show,
3: something. they take off. Maybe Eric wins this yeah, weekend. We Who knows? Yeah. No, I, I, that'll <laughs> be
0: fun. You got 20 year old Carson Hosavar up against, how old's Grant? He's like 40, maybe 42, 40,
3: something gotta like that. He's got to be close. He's got to, yeah, he's like probably that. right around 40.
0: <sighs> something I love that about the truck series. I honestly do. I guess it's kind of happening to yeah. all NASCAR series now. Um, a lot of 20 year olds racing against you know, like Harvick, who's 47 or whatever. You know, <laughs> Just crazy, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there we go. All right, uh, I think it's about time uh, we bring in Eric Jones, like we just mentioned. Uh, maybe uh, our little chat with him can bring him some luck these final few races. Maybe he nabs a win at Martinsville this weekend. That would be that would be a shocker for yeah. sure. Blow up the playoff. Well, wouldn't really affect the playoff grid, but it would you know <laughs> interrupt the playoff uh, picture a bit. Um, let's go though now to that Jones boy. We are now joined by eric jones eric jones joins us here on power hour eric it's great to see you thanks
1: for being on you got it thanks for having me like you said a long time no see but glad to be on i know it's been it was a
0: busy fun week at homestead uh you got top 15 right
1: solid solid finish for uh the legacy motor club guys right it was good yeah we uh we ended up 14th there i thought times we were a little bit better than that but we we fell behind a little bit early and and had to kind of kind of work back, but. Um, Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was a good day. Homestead was a place we last year really, really struggled at. So I was happy to uh, just have some improvement. It's nice when you can go back and somewhere, especially you struggled at, at least you can kind of check that box. You got better. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully next year we can kind of improve on that even more.
0: Well, as you can see by Brennan's uh, spooky background, this is sort of our, our <laughs> Halloween-themed episode. So we'll tie this back into racing a bit in a moment. But actually, Eric, I was walking around outside the, uh, the like the fan zone area this weekend when you were at the Chevy stage. I happened to walk by, and I caught you talking about uh, a possible Halloween costume for this year. Did you say you're potentially going to dress up as Beetlejuice? Is that what I heard?
1: Yeah, yeah that's what... Uh... That's what Holly wants me to do. Um, I'm not, you know, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not huge into uh, dressing up for Halloween, but uh, Holly really likes dressing up for Halloween. So I go along with it. And uh, I think she just likes to put me in, in something that I would think would be embarrassing to be out in public with. Um, so yeah, dressing up as Beetlejuice would be yeah flashy for me. So I'll go with it. I'm good with Beetlejuice. I liked the movie. She'd never even seen the movie until, um, we got together and I showed her the movie. I don't know, probably two or three years ago now, but uh, that she said it's one of her favorite movies. So I, I, I may go along with the Beetlejuice theme.
3: I, uh, I get trapped into having to do crazy stuff for Halloween, um, every year because Lindsay is like die hard halloween like my house right now is out of control we've been traveling for so long so like literally all this morning i got back from miami last night i've just been decorating because i'm behind and then i put all this stuff in there might be some themes in in here on what i'm going to be for halloween of what we're going to be for halloween we always try to do like the same thing like we were post malone one year right we you did, both I did yeah we were both post malone face tattoos <laughs> and everything <laughs> although i did wake up the next day i started freaking out and i was like get this stuff off of me like i can't look at myself covered in tattoos anymore um but yeah halloween halloween is always fun but talking about costumes eric like I know you're not, you just said you're not a costume guy, but like, can you remember like being a kid or anything that was like your favorite, like, like, Oh, that was so much fun. I dressed up as whatever. I was, uh, a, a, you know, what? or did you just did, like do did, the classic race car driver and just go as yourself? Did you ever <laughs>
0: dress as another race car driver? Like I'm yeah. not a race car driver, but I had a Jeff Gordon costume one year and I was not even a Jeff Gordon fan. So I don't know how that happened.
1: I, yeah, I, I don't know if I actually did, um, ever go as a race car driver. Um, I remember as a kid though, I, probably a lot of kids had these masks but it was like a skeleton mask and it had a little hand pump and you could pump oh. pump it and it looked like it had uh blood running through it I, and dude, those, were, those yeah. were awesome that those flew off the shelves at party city where i was from those are good so that was the one i i remember that probably the most i had to be in i don't know third grade or something fourth grade maybe at the time but yeah that was that was like the heat for me
0: you mentioned Beatles, scary stuff. Yeah. He's the scary stuff. He is. I was going to say, you mentioned Beetlejuice <laughs> a minute ago, like, but what's your favorite, do you have a favorite Halloween or scary
1: movie? Oh, Halloween, the original Halloween. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like the, I just like the feel of it. I, you know, I don't like the, um, like a lot of the new stuff's pretty uh, intensely gory, um, which I'm not really super into. So that one, I don't know. It's just kind of a classic one that, uh, uh, it doesn't, I guess it's not a good story. Maybe kind of is a good story, but yeah, that's my favorite for sure. And by horror movie standards,
0: you know, I didn't, I've didn't see, uh, I haven't seen any of the scream movies until last year. I watched the first scream finally. And uh, another classic. I was a big fan of that one. So, but I have a lot of catching up to do on scary movies. Um, uh, Brennan and I were talking about our favorite Halloween candy a bit earlier. Uh, <laughs> my tastes have changed, but we got to get uh, your take. Have, have like, my tastes have changed, but not much. I always love chocolate and caramel, but I move on from like Twix to Milky Ways to you know where, but who who knows? But do you have a favorite Halloween candy or what do you like give out at your door to kids who come like through the neighborhood?
1: <laughs> well, uh, i be honest. I don't have many trick-or-treaters where I live. Um, <laughs> but if I did, if I did give out candy, I, I'm a chocolate peanut butter guy. Easy. Reese's are, are my favorite. Uh, I got some Reese's at the house right now. Reese's and um Oreos yeah I love the little packs of Oreos too those are those are my big things but definitely Reese's are number one by
3: far dude I feel like I mean I know we were teammates before Eric for a while but like that would be my exact same answer like I love Reese's peanut butter cups but also like Oreos too like by far they're like the top they're the top two best things like people ask me all the time they're like well don't you want to try this cookie or this dessert or whatever I'm like no they already did it. They already made the best one. We don't need anything else. They did it. You know, you can't improve on it. It's just already there. Well, it's I was it's in,
0: done. I went to a Ruckers for a burger the other day while I was in Miami. Actually, it was next to my hotel. And uh, I, went, I decided I'm going to splurge. I'm going to get a milkshake. And I asked for the Oreo shake. But the guy behind the register actually looked at me and said, you need to get the brownie shake. I said, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And he said, "Like it's weird. I'm like I'm having this conversation a second time this weekend because he said Oreos are everywhere. You can get that anywhere, but not many places have a chocolate brownie shake. It was good. I said, Oreo's still probably better, but it was good." <laughs>
3: Shouldn't have um, listened. Yeah, I know.
0: But okay, we got to tie this back into racing. Appreciate you playing along with our our Halloween. Um, jinks, i guess eric but uh <laughs> let's talk a little racing when i talked to you at the track at miami a few days back we really focused on sort of the future where your career is at now and with all the changes coming to legacy motor club where it could be in the next couple of years i want to go back to the beginning uh you grew up in michigan where did you or when did you get your first start driving race cars
1: well you know i guess competitively it was um um, 45 minutes away from where I grew up down in Waterford, Michigan, uh, racing quarter midgets. Um, I was seven years old. My mom actually kind of got me into it. She had read about quarter midget racing in a, in a magazine (laughs) of all things. And we went down there and yeah, just kind of picked it up right away. Started getting into it. We went kind of full steam ahead. We, we just went ahead, found a car, bought it, showed up and went racing. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I loved it right off the of bat, you know, number, I guess a couple of reasons I loved cars when I was a kid and, um, you know, was into that thing. It was a casual race fan. I watched, you know, our family watched watch some NASCAR races. I wouldn't have considered us diehards by any stretch of the imagination, but we, we would have the races on. And, um, yeah, once I started doing it, I just, you know, I love the competition of it. Um, had some success early on, you know, felt like I was okay at it, which probably helped keep me going in it. And, um, just really wanted to keep doing it right off the bat. When
0: did that like switch flip in you that this was something you could do professionally, like actually make a career out of? Cause like we, I think a lot of folks remember the the story, how, you know, you beat Kyle Bush at snowball Derby, right. And, and sort of got his attention and sort of you know, moved into trucks eventually and stuff. But like, when did you had at that point, you already kind of decided that, no, I want to pursue this. This is a legit dream of mine full-time let's go. Like when did that moment hit you?
1: yeah I mean you know by the, by the time yeah for sure I was racing against Kyle it was what I wanted to uh what I wanted to do I was I was 16 at that point um I was stretching to the end of my parents wanting to be involved and help them fund my racing career you know they kind of gave me an alt until uh, I was about 17 or 18 that if you're if you aren't doing it on your own by this point you're you're out man so um yeah I mean I wanted to do it by then but I, I don't know thinking back earlier than that. You know, I would, I would say back to when I was 11 or 12, I mean, yeah, I wanted to do it then probably even younger than that, but I would say once I hit, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, probably 13 for sure. I hopped into a late model at that point and was traveling around the Midwest a decent amount racing. And, you know, I was, I was taking it really serious by then. So, um, that was definitely the point where I wanted to, wanted to make it a career and and wanted to figure out how to make it a career.
0: What drivers uh growing up, either maybe in the Midwest or even in NASCAR, did you sort of, I don't know, model yourself after or or were you like a fan of?
1: There was a lot. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, a little kid, um, you know, I was a Jeff Gordon fan. He was huge inspiration just to kind of get going um in the path I kind of took in racing. As I got a little bit older and and started looking at guys to to who I wanted to you know model who i raced after um you know mark martin was a big one obviously you know in the midwest he was he was held in pretty high regard especially in the late model world um and then watching you know short track guys that i got to grow up racing with too you know i think back to you know guys like scott hance who i worked with for a little bit who was a midwest guy um racing around there and and some other you know brian campbell those guys those are the kind of guys who you know, in, in Michigan that I I grew up racing with and, and had a chance to watch and learn from. So, yeah, it's always fun to, you know, think back to racing with those guys and who you ended up modeling yourself after. But definitely, you know, from the NASCAR side, Jeff was the first guy that um, I looked at and, and wanted to figure out, you know, how he kind of took his career path from, from quarter midges up to NASCAR. Good stuff.
0: Uh, Brennan, I want to bring you in a little bit more here. Uh, I know (laughs) you were telling me beforehand, and I think you mentioned a second ago that you and Eric, I guess were teammates at one point in ARCA. tell me about that. What, What? I didn't know this.
3: Yeah, we were, we were teammates. Um, I don't know, 2012, 13, 14, a few times when you're still running those races. And, um, so we raced against each other a lot. And, um, I felt like then we were probably, we were a lot closer, obviously, as you get older you know, you're racing more and you're doing your own thing and life um, gets in, but I felt like we were really good teammates. And actually um, Eric and I were talking about this at Vegas a few weeks ago um, because I was spotting for Eric at Berlin and um, him and I have won a race together. Um, He won the race. I was spotting for him. And man, I remember that plain as day. That was like a, a really, really fun weekend. And Berlin was a place that I struggled at. So through that experience, Eric helped me, and I went back the next year at Berlin and ran the race and qualified up front and ran third. So I don't think there's probably any other drivers like at the highest form of motorsports that have like, maybe spotted for one another and then like actually won a race together maybe but I don't think <laughs> so. I think it's just us, man.
1: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't really think so at all. You know, it's it's funny thinking back to it. I, I don't even remember how that all exactly came together. Like <laughs> how you ended up spotting for me. But you know, regardless, yeah, I was running a few races that year. I think I was only running, you know, maybe four or five ARCA races that year. And, you know, I wanted to go to Berlin home track for me. And that was a place I'd raced at a ton and, and you know, won some late model races there. But, um, you know, I wanted to, wanted to win an arc race there, like growing up and, you know, like some of the guys I was just talking about short track guys there uh, that went and like running the arc race, there was a big deal, right. As a kid. So, uh it was cool for me to to hop in get to do the arc race there and then and obviously winning it was kind of the the cherry on top but yeah that was cool that was it was funny it was i think back to it i can remember bits and pieces there like it was a pretty like straightforward easy race from what i remember i don't i don't think there was a whole lot happening for us
3: <laughs> no it was pretty smooth sailing i think we just like talked about managing tires a little bit when we you were out front and we just Managed the tires and wasn't a problem. Pretty much dominated yeah. the thing. And then we celebrated real hard afterwards and it was uh it was a lot it was a lot of fun. You know, I remember it. It was it was a good time.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, wait, this was like twenty twelve. How how old are you, Eric? How yeah, how hard were
3: we celebrating here
0: in two thousand twelve?
3: No, we were both we were way too young. We our celebrating hard was like you know, screaming loud, taking pictures with the trophy and like throwing water all over, uh, Eric and Gatorade and other things like that. But there, you know, no, that's, we were that's kids. Pretty, that's
1: pretty hard. Yeah, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, that's, that's what I remember. That's
3: great.
0: I, I went to Berlin raceway for the first time, uh, to see the, uh, SRX this summer. I don't know if you got to watch that, Eric. That's a cool track though. I I'd, I'd heard great things. Um, really awesome racetrack. Uh, Brendan, did you have any final questions for Eric? I can't remember now off the top of my head. I, I know I covered what I was looking for. <laughs>
3: Can you, like, I was going to talk to you about this a little bit, like explain, like you just still doing a lot of stuff with the books and reading mm-hmm. the kids and all that kind of stuff. Like, could you talk about like, like your passion, like maybe for how that got started and then like, maybe what, what's your favorite book?
1: Yeah, that, that trends back pretty far really. So I guess 2016 or 17 ish, it was right around when I was, you know, about to go cup racing. Um, I, I wanted to find a way to connect reading with with what I was doing with fans. And so there wasn't really a good way. I was like, man, I, I don't know, a way. I, I love to read, but I don't know how I'm ever going to connect this with, with the fans. And so I never had a good way to do it. And then COVID came around and we're like, wow, you know, now we really have to find a way to stay, you know, somewhat connected with everybody with this going down. So I don't remember who exactly suggested it or or how it came about but we we all you know internally came up with the idea to do the readings on what was facebook live first uh, i'm like yeah that's a cool idea we'll see how it goes and if it goes good you know i'll keep doing it and you know we fired off and, and people were fans and we're like all right yeah i'll keep it going i think it's cool to you know if i can get you know a couple parents come up to me and saying that their kids were interested in reading a book because i got on there and read it i think that's awesome so it's, you know, it's obviously grown a lot. You know, we've had the foundation come along a couple of years ago with myself and obviously reading has been a huge part of that. Um, but yeah, just a big reader myself. And I've always stayed, you know, interested in reading and learning and, and depending, you know, different subjects. I guess my, I stick mainly to historical books and probably some biographies and autobiographies are my biggest things. As far as a favorite book, I always struggle with that. I can't ever pick one favorite book. There's been a lot that, you know, I've really enjoyed reading over the years. And, you know, obviously anytime you can read racing for me, racing books are the most interesting for me to kind of dive in and, and learn the processes of those guys and how they go about things. So I don't know that I can pick one, but I, I stick to a lot of biographies and, and uh, mainly within the sports world. So um Yeah. I still read a ton when I can. And, you know, obviously we do a lot of flying through the year. That's always a good time to kind of crack out a a few chapters in there.
0: That's awesome. Well, that that's super cool. And I think that's a good one to kind of, to kind of end this on. Uh, but Eric, we really appreciate you being on the show, being part of power hour. We'll have to talk to you again sometime soon. Good luck the rest of this season, I guess, and uh, and have a great off season. We're looking forward to next year.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me guys.
0: Huge thank you again to Eric Jones for being on the show. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, also, a big thank you to Circle B Diecast, circlebdiecast.com. Again, you can use special promo code OOTG at checkout to get free shipping on any orders over 30 Dollars. A lot of great stuff, a lot of new diecasts, even some pre-orders and so much more available there at Circle B Diecast. So uh, definitely go show them some, some love, go support them. Great partners of the show. Uh, Brennan, I think it's about that time of the of the show where we talk directly to our loyal viewers and listeners and answer some of their questions
3: fan questions. Baby, all yeah, right. we had some good ones too this this week. Thank you guys for all the questions. Keep it up. They're fun to go through. So, thanks.
0: Yeah, tweet at either me or Brennan or uh, on the YouTube yep. version of this show, leave a comment. That's where we typically pick from. Um this week we've got three, I think three pretty good ones. Let's start with kind of a, kind of an off off the beaten path one here from uh Rick B rec bite. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, but they, uh, ask what is your favorite chip brand or flavor?
3: Yeah. So, um, God, it's so hard to pick, right? Cause there's so many chips out there, but it, it, honestly, my, my, f- I dude, I love chips too, but my favorite chip is probably, um, um, like a hers classic, like salted chip you can't nice. beat it but i'm yeah. also like a huge salt and vinegar guy like i love mm. i love um pretty much any salt and vinegar chip but i really like the pringles salt and vinegar like you know and mm. because it comes in the tube too I'm just like in my backpack i'm on the plane it's i'm on whatever portable I'm safe and i can smushed you know yeah. what i mean and then you have like the perfect chip big uh pringle uh salt salt and vinegar guy but hands down like if i'm just like saying oh my favorite all-time chip it's the hers salt, classic, salted or uh or not hers, uts. What am I saying? Oh man, yeah, that's, that's uh, too, up.
0: Two very different uh
3: I'm I totally just blew it. Why am I saying hers? I'm so thinking it's... old Arca sponsorships over here. <laughs> and I'm not on Uts. Oh my Utz. gosh. I almost just totally blew it. It's good Sorry, Uts. You deserve so much more. Yeah. Um keep Utz the salt chips. and vinegar going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Utz chips and then salt and vinegar uh um Pringles. What about right. you?
0: Uh I guess I'd go with a classic sour cream and onion Lay's chip. I used that, to. That is a classic. My dad always kept a lot of those around the house. There's always a, a family sized bag in the pantry. I could ruffle through anytime <laughs> I needed. Um, They're so all, good, though. They are good. They are good. Now they need to be paired up with specific foods. They aren't always the club best. sandwich. Yeah, like any any good sandwich. Turkey typically, sandwich. They match. Yeah, any of that they match up with. But um, you know, it has. To, it sometimes has to be specific. Uh, although I was at Trader Joe's recently this is not a chip per se it's more like a Cheeto puff corn puff thing but they oh, had these yeah. like a uh, cheesy truffle parmesan Cheeto looking things
3: What? Yeah, I got
0: a bag of those. Parmesan. They were, yeah, they were pretty good. Uh, I've really gotten into like like <laughs> that like truffle that uh tru- I'm in my truffle era the last oh, few yeah? months. It's lasting longer <laughs> than I thought it would. I don't know, it's just it
3: big truffle guy. Yeah, I, so. I, I can go – I can dig with the Lay's barbecue too. That's like a classic chip too. Yeah, you know see, what I mean?
0: I like – see, I love barbecue. I'm not a big fan of barbecue-flavored things. And like my girlfriend is. She loves – she'll get like barbecue chicken pizza. And I guess that's sort of in between. It's not really barbecue, Well, now we're pushing it. You lost yeah. me
3: at the, at the barbecue chicken. I was like, where is he going? And then you said pizza. And I was like, whoa.
0: Yeah, no. I know. Like that's – it's like – it's real food at least. It's not just flavored, <laughs> but it's it's not – it's in between still. I, I, I need to commit to the barbecue if I'm going to have barbecue flavored things. Um, But that's a great question from REC, uh, B-H-Y-T. It's a fun question. Yeah, it is a good one. Uh, Let's get back to racing a bit more here. I know. We hate when we do this. Uh, (laughs) Alpha24 underscore nine asked, uh, my question is, what is your earliest racing slash NASCAR memory? Brennan, do you know this? We may have talked about this maybe in the beginning, but I don't know.
3: My earliest like NASCAR memory for for me is I went to the inaugural race uh, at Texas Motor Speedway and like Jeff Gordon crashed in the first lap. And I was so mad. I was so mad because I was like seven, i I'm seven years old. Jeff Gordon's my favorite. I'm like all excited. I'm like in my all my Jeff Gordon stuff and like out lap one. And I'm like, great. Now I'm going to sit here, watch this race all day for Jeff Burton to win. I'm like, <laughs> I'm Jeff. mad. I'm mad, you know, so That's insane. Um, I, I didn't
0: know you're at the first I, Texas. I was State at or...
3: the, I was at the very first one. And I sat in the parking lot for four hours because the traffic was, was brutal, but I was seven. I didn't care. I saw a race, but I also was just mad that Jeff Gordon uh, went out. But I remember like everyone in the stands standing and like going like, Oh, and like, I couldn't see. Cause I was seven. And I'm like, What's that? I, could, <laughs> and I couldn't tell, but I, I, I could like just kind of see him at the top of the wall wrecking and then coming down and, and one and two. So um yeah I, I, that was my that was my first like nascar memory but obviously my first racing memory is I, I can remember still to this day when my dad took me to watch the the quarter midgets um race and i was four then and i i can literally remember watching the cars and it was night and lights and my dad and we were like standing at the fence and him asking me if this is something i wanted to try and i was like yes this is the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> I, you know But i was four so um and i remember that and that's my first racing memory and of course um, I started racing um competitively like very shortly after that
0: gosh so. yeah, that's I think it's crazy that we uh are both of our first races were Texas Motor Speedway, just very different years. um mine was two thousand five. I was also seven years old though at the time, so uh very <laughs> interesting how that works out um yeah my guy though uh started on pole and finished third in that race, so I had a little so bit happy <laughs> yeah I have to my first time. Around. <laughs> uh, no, my first NASCAR memory or really racing memory at all was would have probably been playing uh, NASCAR Thunder two thousand four, you know around oh, that your z- PlayStation. Yeah, my you PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't like I I have memories of like seeing a few clips on TV. Didn't really know what I was watching. My family didn't really know racing, so they didn't know what they were watching either. I kind of remember that. <laughs> it's a little hazy. But I just remember logging a ton of hours on NASCAR Thunder 2004. That's how I learned the drivers, the tracks. That's how I was able to like, in a weird way, that's how I was able to connect that what was happening on TV and what was happening in my game. Like it was a real thing. I was able to connect the two. Um, yeah. So I would say those early days, I was probably six, seven playing NASCAR Thunder. That really got me, got me going back in the day. But that's a great question, Alpha24 underscore uh, nine. Our last fan question, Brennan before we wrap up this very powerful hour of podcasting trademark no it's not trademark <laughs> but don't don't steal it yeah uh, please don't <laughs> gaming with brian asked what's the best advice for young racers and young youtubers i see i i, I don't like calling myself a youtuber i feel like there's like a yeah. negative connotation with that word but it depends on i feel like if you're over the age of 30 it's a negative thing if you're under the age of 30 it's like oh youtuber yeah that's legit that's cool you know so it depends on who i'm talking to but a great question though uh, gaming with brian i'll let you start though brennan I,
3: I think um um my biggest advice is just like and it sounds like so crazy like cliche i guess to say but it's just like you just can't ever give up i mean there have been uh many points in my racing career where I thought that it was over and I wasn't going to get an opportunity or I wasn't going to make it, um, whether that was from, you know, leaving racing dirt tracks in Texas or, you know, how was I going to move up from racing late models in North and South Carolina and Virginia and Tennessee? Like, how am I going to what's the next step Um, or times where I didn't have sponsorship money and I wasn't, um, you know, just straight up really wasn't running a car and didn't know when the next time I was going to run was going to be. And, or um, when I ran a race and I thought it was the last race I was ever going to run. Right. Um, I've lived through all of those things. Um, but the one thing that I haven't done is quit. Uh, I've just kept digging and kept trying um and um i i think the moment that you you stop trying is the moment that um that that dream is over so my biggest thing is just like you just can't ever give up because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring so just work as hard as you can for the day that you've got now and um and and know and believe and have faith that that door is going to open up on the other side as long as you keep pushing through and sometimes it's going to take some time sometimes you know, for me, I, I've, I've gone, you know, almost a year without, without driving. It's just, um, it's just how challenging um motorsports can be, but um, I've stuck it out and uh, you know, I, I'm here. I am, I'm, I've had uh, some great opportunities the last couple of years to stay in a car and I, I'm still racing. And I've had opportunities to race on Sundays this year, which blows my mind. Um, so uh, all from just not quitting. So that would be my biggest thing because it's just so, it's so challenging. And there's going to be days where you're like, man, you know, I could do something else. But for me, um, I didn't do that. And I love the sports so much. You know, it's literally, it's in my heart. It's in my blood. It's all I want to do. I don't, think about anything else i don't hardly ever watch anything else i think i'm driving Lindsay crazy because i'm just watching racing 24 7 um and she's like it's halloween time can we just watch a scary movie and i'm like no i'm just kidding i we i let her watch something else but but um um you know i but it's just uh you just have to if it's something you're you're going after you just can't ever give up and know it's uh it's a roller coaster it's ups and downs times and um just keep fighting through it um as for youtuber I was, a. I can, I can give some advice. To this. <laughs> yes, I was a I vlogged, I vlogged. I did it. You had a, um, you've had shows in the past. Yes. It's uh, I think Um. it's another thing that you just have to really love. Um. And it takes time and the editing and the filming and the thinking of the shots and setting things up. Like it's not easy. Like it. Uh, you have I think to be able to think...
0: do everything or at least a little bit, especially yeah. at first. And that is a challenge.
3: Yeah. Teach yourself how to do some of the some of the editing and some of the stuff, and do some research on thumbnails and tags and like how you're gonna put all that stuff in there. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a challenge and it takes some work. And then once you build a little bit of an audience, it's the same thing. You just can't ever give up. I stopped vlogging because it's way too much work to do and drive a race car and you know handle sponsors and the, go to the racing and thing the racing yeah. thing is
0: working pretty well for you, you kind of at some point yeah. have to pick one. <laughs> it's hard to do both
3: it, it is it's hard to do both because they're they're both like i mean they're like full-time gigs it's like it takes it takes everything to to shoot it. i mean you you live it so you know
0: yeah i know and, and you're what you're saying is exactly right like as far as like practical or or you know tactical advice uh, absolutely learn how to edit um I would say like study other YouTubers or videos that interest you. Like I didn't really do that um, consciously, but like I grew up, you know, YouTube was created in 2005, really started to be taken more seriously in the late 2000s into the early 2010s, and that's when I was old enough to be all over YouTube watching everything, even things my parents probably didn't know I was watching on YouTube at the time, but you know, whether I Realized it or not subconsciously, I think I was learning what made certain channels or YouTubers more successful than others. So, you know, definitely study, uh, try to maybe emulate folks that inspire you or that entertain you at first. Got to get a feel for it, learn how to edit. Um, But beyond that, uh, you know, again, you have to love it um, because especially early on, there's not a great return. You know, you're not going to immediately find your audience most likely. It's going to take some time. Um, and you know, then from a, from a financial standpoint, you don't get monetized on YouTube right away. You can't just flip it on and start making money. Like you're like, you're an Uber driver or something. And you know, it's, it's not that easy. It takes time. You have to meet certain standards. So the early days are going to feel like a grind if you're not really passionate about the content you're creating or whatever you're talking about. And then that's the big thing that I always tell people is find, um, a topic, a subject, a genre, something that you are not only passionate about, but also, like uniquely qualified to talk about? Like, what's your, what's your angle? Is this something you're an, you're an expert in? Like, I'm not an expert in racing per se, but it's something I feel like I know a lot more about than most people my age. And my angle was always, I don't live in North Carolina out of the groove. I'm outside the typical racing sphere more times than not. I was making these videos in my college dorm room in Austin, Texas, And, uh, and I think I found an audience of people similar to me in age and and also background who didn't grow up, you know, surrounded by racers or from a racing family. And, uh, maybe they were able to relate to some of my opinions or the way I viewed the sport. And that's sort of where, where I think my channel kind of took off or that was the the base that I was able to build. So, um, that's why I always tell people starting out, be passionate about what you're talking about, but also find something you're uniquely qualified to talk about. Nobody's going to want to hear me talk about, you know, you know, to I don't know why Olympic Picking? diving just jumped into my head. And I think oh, I'm thinking yeah. about your,
3: the, your movie role.
0: I, I suppose
3: uh, um, acting. Yeah, yeah, acting. You yeah, act though. You are though. Not you, really. But YouTubers don't come to me like, for acting. Pretend
0: acting. Like, yeah, you're fake a fake actor. Yeah, there's a. I, I'm not in a union or anything. Um, uh-huh. There are a lot of things that I nobody would want to hear me talk about. But racing. Followed it my whole life. Followed it very closely to this day. So I think I'm uniquely qualified to talk about it. So that's what I would always um, encourage up and coming or you know aspiring YouTubers to pursue. Um, it's hard to be Mr. Beast or you know whoever who can just make a video about anything and have it be successful. Yeah. That's very hard, very rare. Typically, typically you need to find a, a genre or a style or a subject that you kind of focus on at least at first. Um, but great questions that, yeah, I think I, I, I felt good about that. I feel, I, I, yeah. think I think we're changing lives out here, Brennan, never give up, we, you know, uh, you know, find your passion. Uh, this is,
3: this we is just powerful. Speak, we just speak the truth, man. That's wow. all there is to it. We're being, we're being open and honest and that's, uh, that's what it's about, you know, yeah. and, and, um. And uh, yeah, you guys a- ask some good questions. Hopefully that advice helps keep asking us some more questions in the comments of the YouTube video or tweet Eric and myself, and we'll try to get to all of them. Eventually, we we'll just keep having to pump up more shows, Eric. We're just going to absolutely bring the we got to be the men going. of the people mm-hmm. and bring them what they want. And that's answering questions.
0: Absolutely. Well, Talking
3: about the latest news.
0: Speaking of truth, truth be told, Brendan, I think we've gone over an hour uh, on this one. Yes. That's okay. You know
3: what I love to say. You know what I love yeah. to say. Power hour in 17 minutes this week, y'all. See how close I am when this comes out. Something
0: like that. I don't know if we went that far over. We'll see. Oh, okay. You, you know Eric. You know how Eric Jones can be. He's a chatterbox. He likes to, you know, to talk man. and talk. Him talking earbox. about
3: his book readings. Yeah. And, what is he doing? Golly. Doesn't he know this is a
0: racing show? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> no that's uh good stuff um thank you everyone for listening slash watching uh brennan always great to catch up with you i'm excited about to hear about your uh, 2024 plan it sounds like those are coming together
3: yeah i'm excited uh, about
0: it too yeah yeah uh, have a wonderful uh, rest of your day rest of your week folks we will catch you again next time on power hour